Content warning. This episode contains descriptions of gunfire, mention of genitalia, sexual euphemisms, impalement, and bodily injury. Be sure to check the show notes for timestamps. Last time on Magic Folk. Sack of bricks, leave a brick, take a brick. Uh, so I'm going to take out my brick sack, take one of my red bricks out, and pick up a stone brick. The brick hits the lava, and you cannot pull it out. Your brick stick has gone too far. A bubble pops, launching a dark black brick. Yes. And your hand just kind of like hits something solid and rectangular. Oh. Your Wait. hand just kind of oh, hits oh, oh, I know what this is. And it is a solid gold brick. A rectangular brick of ice falls down with a blue soul inside of it. Do I need to put another one down? I have no idea what you're talking about. Put a red brick down. I don't know. There's something about this sack of bricks. So we start this session in the storage room. Uh, Freya's got a gun. (laughs) (laughs) That is correct. Everybody's got guns now, so it seems. Magic Folk has sold out. Sold out. Yeah, we've become a gun movie. A gun movie. (laughs) Right, from now on, this podcast will be visual. So you all are standing in the storage room, and I'm going to say everybody roll a perception check. Oh, yeah, we're still at disadvantage because we're still tired. Yep. Oh, my God. Never ending tired. Okay, I have a 13. Seven. 14. Burnin, you are too busy kind of like inspecting this new rifle that you have, I think. And like there's like a little pump action thing on it that you're you're trying to figure out how to use. Again, there are like cartridges that you put into this thing. So it's not like you have to load individual shells, but you're you're messing with this thing and it's making a little bit of noise. Syndra and Kiss, you hear a small metallic like rattling just for a second, just a, a quick rattle through the air and then a small thud on the other side of the room behind the long shelf on the wall that is adjacent to the hallway. I investigate. Kiss, you walk over. You probably take like the wall closest to the door because I imagine the poisonous gas is pushed into the far westmost wall. You take the little path closest to the door down towards the south end of the room and you see this long skinny shelf with like several bottles and beakers and several things on it. And... It's pretty dark in here, but you see light reflecting off of something metallic on the floor behind this shelf. I'll peek and see what Kiss is up to. You're just like a polar bear looking around the corner. Yeah, I can't talk to him. Freya's sitting on your back. Gun in hand. (laughs) Yeah, you have a bunch of guns. (laughs) In her new hand, apparently. Gun in foot. Gun in talons. (laughs) Burning, you probably noticed that Cinder's now looking around the corner, but I don't think you notice the kiss is gone. You're still just like inspecting this really finely machined instrument that you have in your hands. Instrument of violence. Kiss, you see that this object on the ground is the key <gasps> that fell off of your key ring earlier. My key. I walk over carefully looking for any signs of danger going by. This seems like a trap. Roll perception. Yep, there's a five. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you're like looking out, kind of glancing around skeptically. You don't sense anything suspicious. You head over to the key, probably take a knee and you pick it up. And then kiss you here. This time there's no rattling, but you hear some object fall beside you and clatter to the ground and sort of bounce. Kiss points his gun and says, ah, I have a weapon and I'm kind of afraid of it. I'm afraid to use it. It's a marble. And then another one. Uh Oh, and then another one. Kiss leaves. (laughs) 
<laughs> you just run? <laughs> oh, I back up. I'm looking. I'm gonna look at the source of these marbles. Yeah. So you start to back up, and you see a mass on the ceiling, and it's gonna drop down. Roll a deck save. I technically have advantage on this because I can see it. Eighteen. You tell me how you how you dodge. Are you gonna like knock the shelf down? Are you gonna just back up really quick? Or like, what do you do? Kiss kind of does a little tiny short hop in the air and flaps his wings, so he pushes himself backwards. You hear this giant thud as the creature lands down on the ground in front of you. Syndra and Burnin, you are now aware that something is going on back there. And you see Kiss lands like just in eye shot. Kiss was back behind a series of shelves before, but now Kiss is aligned with the hallway. Everyone roll initiative. I'm about to say Kiss immediately starts unloading into it. <laughs> 17. 11. 18. Yeah, so Kiss, standing in front of you with the red light illuminating it and passing through it in some parts, you see this strange mechanical golem figure and you can see this like clockwork inside of it, this ethereal translucent clockwork that is full of pistons and gears and and strange glass devices. You can see that it is like partially made of sand as well. Clearly looks mechanical and you can see it's standing on these two glass legs. At this point, it stands at about seven feet tall and it is actually getting taller. You see grow out of its sides these two long appendages that just immediately stick out from its sides horizontally and then make right angles towards you, growing towards you rapidly. Yeah. And it's 18 versus AC. I guess I don't have my shield equipped, so that does hit. You get hit with eight points of damage as this sharp glass rod just like stabs into you and actually pushes you back, pinning you against the wall behind you. And Syndra, all you see is like a shadow in the darkness back there behind the shelves. And now you see Kiss pinned against the wall. All right, Kiss says, Dirk, Dirk. <laughs> Next in the order, Burnin. Can I go around the other way? Yeah, so are you going to like flank west and then follow the westmost wall? Or are you going to flank west and like follow the L? Shelf? I think I'm going to follow the perimeter. So you do see that the orange gas is still there. So you're going to have to roll something in order to... I'll go the, the way that there is not gas. And you walk between these two shelves to your west and this one shelf perpendicular to the two on your east. And you can see through the glass and the stuff that's on the skinny shelf, you see the monster standing there, currently distracted, attacking Kiss. Is the gas like all the way along the western wall like I can't get behind the monster. Correct. Now you could go west and then just make one little check. I'm not going to risk it because I don't feel good. I guess I'm going to try and get the monster with my magical gun. I I just imagine you like walking up to this skinny shelf and seeing this and you're pretty sure you know what's going on but you walk up to the skinny shelf and you can just see the monster like kind of distorted through a beaker point your gun at it and maybe cock it and you fire so burn and roll a d20. And you know what? I'm going to say with these guns, y'all get advantage on attack rolls. 13. 13? Yeah. So, Bernan, I think that the monster hears you cock your gun, and right as you fire, you squeeze the trigger, and the monster, like, it, it literally just slides backwards as its arms get longer. This swift, very smooth motion, it just glides backwards. But you hear another blast. You all see Freya, who is flapping around the room now, and just, like, by chance, maybe by chance, as discharging this gun <laughs> and shooting at the monster. Oh, yeah. So, Bernan, I think that your blast misses and just hits the back wall as sort of like these magical sparks fly and there's this loud pop. But then we also see simultaneously, or maybe one just before the other, we see Freya swoop in and shoot at this monster with this gun and it staggers back on one leg, but is again, it's sort of bracing itself against Kiss and like putting more of its weight against Kiss now (laughs) as it prevents itself from sliding backwards. And like some chunks of it sort of fall off and skitter across the room. Burn and roll a constitution check. 
three. Okay, so Bernan, you go fucking flying backwards <laughs> from the blast of this gun. And I think that you like you're knocked off of your feet. You still are holding the gun, but it's now like parallel to your body. And you basically like slide up with your back against this L-shaped shelf still facing south. Next in the order is Kiss. Kiss fucking shoots the thing. I get two attacks per action, so I got two pistols. I'm I'm doing some dang nice John Wick. Pow, pow! Yeah, hell yeah. Roll 2d20s plus dex. 15. 10. You struggle to aim because you're pinned at two points, so it's like hard to kind of pivot and move your body. So you shoot one blast and it, it just kind of goes flying and like hits a shelf, like blasting a, a corner off of one of these shelves and then you shoot your second gun and it's going to hit the monster relieving one of these pressure points from you as it staggers back more and i will roll damage for you that's part of the fun of these weapons is y'all don't know how much damage you're doing (laughs) which is good okay it looks phased by this i think that you know that you heard it specifically because it relieved this pressure point from you you know freya blasting it didn't give you any relief and in fact kind of made things worse but You blasting it seems to have worked a bit. Okay. Next in the order is Syndra. I don't know if this makes a difference, but um, one of Syndra's Circle of the Moon things at the sixth level is that his his attacks in animal form count as magical attacks. So (laughs) I don't know if this thing is immune to physical attacks, but my physical attacks are not just physical anymore. Thank you for letting me know that. I kind of had a feeling. (laughs) Syndra is going to go claw at the arm that is holding Kiss against the wall. Yeah, so you run up and you slash at this arm. Now, you only have advantage on the guns. So if you would have had disadvantage for this, you do still. Okay, 16. Yep, so I think that this will land. So go ahead and roll damage. 14. Yeah, so you swipe at this arm and you feel like your hand meets this object and it is like solid. Like it is like hitting a fixed cantilever beam but your claws sort of drag into it and and leave these dents in this glass cylinder. So like you can actually see these marks in the thing's body. And I think that it sort of shivers and like recoils a little bit in this creepy way. It's clearly affected. Good. Then I'll use my multi-attack and also bite it. But I had a gun in my mouth, so I'm going to spit it out real quick. (laughs) Yeah, so you spit your gun out, roll a d20. Four. (laughs) Yeah, so you spit your gun out and it falls to the ground and discharges. Roll a deck save. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. Four again. (laughs) Oh no. This is some Yosemite Sam stuff. (laughs) You drop your gun and very quickly your mouth chomps down upon this glass arm. Go ahead and roll damage for that. Okay. (laughs) 11. As you put your teeth on this arm, on this glass cylinder, you see the gun falling to the ground. And I think you just think, oh, no. (laughs) It lands and blasts upwards, dealing 11 points of damage to you as you chomp down upon this arm, sort of recoiling from the pain and like bracing from the pain of this magic blast. And you are able to shatter the arm, relieving Kiss. Great. It all worked out. Worth it. And I think that you can see like part of the blast hits you in the shoulder. He holds onto it with his paw like, ow. And you see that like part of the blast passes past you and nearly hits Freya, who is flying around the room. Like (gasps) it it hits the ceiling and she's like, oops, dives down and tries to get lower away from where the gunfire is. How dare you? 
She can have mine too. She's better trusted with these weapons. She's better at this than I am. She's got better trigger discipline. So next in the order is the creature. Um, It has one arm shattered. It doesn't have anything to push off of now. So I think that it's going to sort of stagger backwards again, sort of shaking and writhing. And it is now against the back wall, back where the gas is. You all see it extend its remaining arm out horizontally as another arm sprouts from the other side where you've shattered this one. The remaining arm, it extends north and actually banks around a corner and it's going to stab into your feather token kiss and it continues to flap, but the gust is not nearly as strong. And so the southmost part of the room, the south half of the room, I'd say the southwest part of the room even starts to fill with poisonous gas. Mm-hmm. Kiss and Cinder, you're in like the southeast corner. So I think you're okay as long as you don't head any more west. Burnin, you're like in the north center of the room. The gas is kind of getting close to you, Burnin. Uh-oh. Next in the order is Burnin. So I need to move away from the gas? You see the gas start to disperse around the room and I think you're getting pretty nervous. Like it is getting pretty close to you. And you're still on the ground with your back to the shelf. Is there an open line between me and the monster or is there shelf in between me and the monster? It's not like a bookshelf. Industrial shelf. Yeah. So like you can, there's like stuff in the way, but you can shoot through that stuff like easily. You you can definitely see this big bulky thing in the back of the room. In that case, then I will make an attempt to shoot it again. Get as close as the gas will let me allow. Yeah. So I think you sort of stand up and like dust yourself off and hoist this rifle up to your shoulder, pull your shirt up over your nose and mouth and like take one step forward, aiming at the creature. Roll constitution with advantage as you pull the trigger. 18. Okay, I was going to say, Bernie, if you fuck this up, I'm knocking you down again. (laughs) He knows what to expect this time. Roll a ranged attack. 22. Nice. So you just blast this thing through the shelf and you struggle to stay on your feet. You actually like slide back a couple inches, which is good because it gets you further from the gas. This massive blast shoots out of the barrel of your rifle and it passes through the shelf, just like destroying everything on the shelf, practically vaporizing it. (laughs) And you see the creature is like pushed back into that back corner and more parts of it are falling off. I think that the long arm is now shattered and sort of like falls to the ground. I imagine it's kind of like piercing kisses feather token which is still sitting there flapping and so it's like stuck in that and sort of waggling back and forth but the base of it as it extends down the hallway is touching the ground making this scraping noise this hulking faceless form of a creature is now kind of like splintered in half at its shoulder there's just like a big crack in it Next in the order is Kiss. You said this thing's like kind of made of sand and mud. Sand and glass and like metal. It's not organic as far as you can tell, but there are these weird like nebulous pistons and stuff that sort of change form and like shift. Like it doesn't have a a definitive mechanical way that it operates. There's not like one gear that you can shoot or take out. It's like operating as though there's some sort of like endless permutation of mechanical configurations within it. Yeah, I think I'm just going to shoot this thing again. I'm going to do another pop, pop. With my two pistols. Now, are you firing these off simultaneously or one after the other? One after the other, I guess. It's not as cool if you do them at the same time. It just seems kind of weird. I don't think I've ever seen an action movie star <laughs> shoot two guns at the same exact time. Like That's what Kiss is thinking, too. Like, no, I have to stagger the one I pull the triggers because I've never seen an action movie star do it this way. <laughs> Kiss cr- turns his gun sideways. <laughs> yes, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> he actually tries to take it a step further and does it upside down. 21. 12. Man, I'm good with two of these things. I'm aiming for its stupid non-face of a face. (laughs) You shoot it where its face is, and I think the first blast lands and like some chunks of sand and glass sort of fly off. 
throughout the room. The second blast actually like shoots through the crack that's in it now that you've now made a little bit bigger and hits the wall behind it, uh, missing it. Next in the order is Syndra. I mean, I have two hands. I could fire my gun with my two hands. <laughs> with your bare hands? A bear shooting a fucking gun. <sighs> you get up on a, your hind legs <laughs> and like you're tall enough to be over the shelves. <laughs> that's the scene. Cinder sees that the guns seem to be doing more than his awesome claws and teeth. So he stands up straight. And for the record, polar bears are nine feet tall. Whoa! <laughs> so he bumps his head on the roof. Yeah, he bumps his head on the ceiling. And he takes the gun that he was holding, steadily tries to balance it in one hand, and he sticks <laughs> one of his claws on the trigger with his other hand because he doesn't have opposable thumbs. <laughs> And he pulls the trigger. I'm going to say you don't have advantage because you're a bear. Yeah. (laughs) And like you got bear hands and like aiming your bear arms is going to be a little bit difficult. So just go ahead and roll a range spell attack. Crit 20. Yes. Nice. (laughs) I think as you're sort of posing up on your back legs, you feel something on your head. And you look up and it's Freya landing on like the top of your head, trying to aim her gun at it. (laughs) You both fire off a blast simultaneously. I'm aiming for its chest. It looks like total garbage now. Like it's standing on one leg. The other leg is like down on the ground, kind of spinning around from the force of the blast. It is just like a rod. It almost looks like rock candy standing on this nasty glass like leg that's sort of charred and cracking. It makes this horrible noise. Like you can hear that metal scraping, Mm. hard glass scraping sound. Then it sort of like disperses. It stands there for a second and steadies itself. And then it shivers and vibrates. And then the glass just like falls to the ground in a pile. And everybody roll perception. I got a seven. Ten. 18. So Burnin, I think you're the only one who has a good vantage point on it. And you're like following it with your gun. You see just like this black wisp that just like zips through the room and disappears into a corner. Uh. And in the blink of an eye, the monster is gone. Oh, no. The monster's gone? The whole thing? What's remaining of it is scattered across the room as debris and in a pile on the floor. Those are the pieces we knocked off or like? Yeah, you like blasted its body to smithereens, basically. Uh, There's like, it's rubble, I would say, like dust and like sand and glass, just like chunks kind of everywhere. And there's like a little bit left of kind of the core of its body there on the ground. We've defeated the monster. Ah. Cinder reaches down for a high five with Kiss. I, I think it I think it ran away. <laughs> yeah, ran away to the monster afterlife. May it rip in peace. No, I I saw it. Um, It like turned into smoke or something. I think it went through the wall. It might be how it got in here in the first place. Sounds like you've been experimenting some smoke yourself, mister. I don't, I don't, I, I this is, we're not making jokes. It's not <laughs> joke time. Cinder will go sniff it with his keen smell. I will say this is like the northwest corner. So you're going to have to roll some kind of con save with the gas there. Yeah, might as well. Is the feather token like, Dunzo. It's still flapping. It's like half working, but it's not working as well as it was. I take the thing and paling it out of it and see if I can nurse it back to life. Aww. I give it a little kiss. <laughs> okay. So like if you take your feather token, the gas is going to disperse through the room. Ah, shit. Never mind. I, d- I don't know how to make that work mechanically, but when you take it for the last time, you can give it a kiss. Kiss looks at it. So I'm going to kiss that later. <laughs> seductively. (laughs) Hang on to that kiss. 
Cinder, you walk up and sniff the corner and you definitely smell like what the monster smells like in this corner, like specifically. And you can actually like kind of imagine this trail somehow through the wall, like through the bricks, through the stone that makes up this wall. I I guess there are just crevices just small enough for it to get through. You can imagine this trail in your head that quickly disappears like up into the ceiling and back south. Uh, And roll a con save. Hope you've forgotten. Great one. Oh, okay. Sandra, you try and like hold your polar bear breath as you walk into this corner, but you realize, well, shit, I got to sniff. And you just like deeply inhale this gas and it's going to deal 12 points of damage to you. It's fine. The bear can take. I take 12 points of damage for breakfast. Freya hopped off of your head as you started walking, like as you got back down on four legs and just like landed on one of the shelves, kind of like happily posturing with this gun. Maybe she's like snugly, like closing her eyes and putting her head up against the gun. Like it's like a new friend. (laughs) What do you all do? I think we should uh, see how Anne's doing. Well, it's probably safer to check in on the notebook first, right? So Bernan pulls out his notebook and tries to contact Anne. Hey, are you are you still up on the roof? Anne, we killed one. No, we didn't kill Kiss. We didn't. Come on, you gotta count it like half kill. Kiss, we can't keep talking. <laughs> it's gonna keep picking it up, and then Anne can't say anything back. Oh. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> yeah. So y'all hear a few more rifle shots down the hallway, and then you hear. Excellent job. So I'm assuming that you were able to access the case. Be careful. These things are extremely resilient, but I can unlock the stairwell leading to the roof and y'all can come up here and we can sort of hunker down on the roof. I don't want to accidentally let anything up here. So let me know when you're at the door and I'll unlock it remotely from my communicator. Okay, sounds good. So we got to move out. So we we leave. Kiss kisses the feather token to make it better. Syndra, I think you've retreated from the gas and you walk back towards the door and you walk out into the hallway and roll a constitution save. Why? Eight. You are a polar bear. (laughs) This is true. I have this revelation. Wow. I am a polar bear. You stand up in the doorway and your head just like hits the doorframe. Like you're, you're huge and you're powerful, but you freeze because across the hall, The door to the other storage room is open and dark. And you have this sinking feeling of dread again. You almost hear that noise again, that... And you're frozen in fear. And then out of the darkness steps Douglas, who had ducked into this room at the beginning of your battle. And they extend their arm towards you, holding up a can of Duster David brand dang good diet cola. Oh my gosh. Cindra accepts this can of cola. How? With your bare hands? With with both of my hands. (laughs) Do you crack it open, bite the top off of it off? Yeah. (laughs) He pops a fang in the top (laughs) to open it up. He mysteriously dons a red scarf. Oh my God, it's like like the polar bear Coca-Cola. Yes! (laughs) Santa walks up and gives you a little wink. (laughs) Fucking dirty claws. And he chugs this can. And I'm going to say you can heal for eight points of damage. Eight points of polar bear damage or eight points of cinder damage? It's got to be polar bear damage. I'm going to say cinder damage. Ooh. I think cinder damage. This is healing in your core. It is the best tasting drink. Your soul. This is healing for the soul. Your new thing is grits and fucking diet cola. Oh my God. It is healing in your soul. Breakfast of champions. It doesn't do much for the polar bear, but Syndra, you feel a bit better. And I think you actually like hold the can up and like Freya takes a like dips her beak in a little bit and it's like, 
I don't know if Freya should be having caffeine, but... Eh, it's probably fine. She's ready to go noom with her fucking gun. <laughs> I think that Freya leaps up off of your head and flies down the hallway, banking west towards the stairwell. And you all exit out into the second floor. What do you do? Let's get to the stairs. Yeah. You walk down the hallway and you arrive at the stairs and sure enough, the door is locked. Douglas is, is in tow. And we're here. Cinder knocks very hard with his polar bear strength. There are a couple seconds that pause in silence after you radio into Anne and you hear several gunshots again, like rifle blasts out of the window of the botany. They're muffled, but you hear them. And then you hear a very green beep. A green beep. And you hear over your radio. Okay, it's open now. Quick, 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 quick. Kiss opens the door for his friends and gestures after you. Three seconds, three. Yeah, Vernon skedaddles on in there. Two. And Cinder gets on his all fours to go, so he doesn't bump his head again. One. Kiss slips in at the last second. Yeah. And Douglas enters as well. And then you hear a red beep from this door as it slams shut again. And you can no longer pass back down onto the second floor. And I think that you all ascend the stairs. You arrive at the top and enter out onto the roof. This familiar scene, you can see like all these artifacts on their pedestals with the glass. Syndra, you actually feel a tap on your shoulder and you just hear, hey, I know you're a bear, but this might be our chance pretty shortly. So just keep an eye out. He gives a small nod. Of understanding. A bear nod. You all are walking over to Anne's umbrella past all of these artifacts. You can see that they are again laid out shooting the rifle and they're pretty frantically like looking through the scope and readjusting and aiming in a different direction, shooting, doing the same thing over and over again. Each time they fire about two shots. And I think that you all arrive at Anne. Uh, I saw it kind of... It turned into like smoke and went through the walls. I don't I don't think that the walls are safe at this point. It seems like it can move through walls. So like you didn't see it turn into smoke necessarily, but I'm thinking that could just be like a way of like a metaphor for burning, right? Like you just saw, imagine squid like running through the house in the darkness and you just see this like dark shadow in darkness. No, I'm cool with burning perceiving it as such, if you're cool with that. Anne doesn't even like look up at you. They just like continue firing off the rifle. Well, that's a warm welcome, but good to know. I've never seen anything like that, but just keep your eye out. I need you all to cover my back. And you all see out over the ledge dozens of these things. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Lining the horizon at various distances. And they're all just sort of slowly like marching towards the base at a fairly uniform rate. But Anne is doing a pretty good job of keeping them off, destroying the ones that get close enough to the base and prioritizing which ones to hit. The sun is actually starting to go down. So it's getting a little bit harder to see them. And Anne says, in a few minutes, I'm really going to need to focus because I'm not going to have much light left. We're now well outside of the window of reasonable statistical probability. Whatever's causing these things to come, it's not the same reason that they usually come this way. They're being drawn to something. That's my hypothesis. Do you think they're drawn to us? I don't know. I don't have enough data to elaborate on my hypothesis. Kiss takes his things and puts them on the ground. He starts stretching like, well... I can see if I can uh, take a lap and see if they start coming towards me. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to see if they change direction in an effort to chase after Kiss. Okay. Kiss hops on the ledge and says, here's your data. Let me ask you this, though. Is Kiss feeling okay, like, enough to fly? Yes. I mean, 
you're still exhausted, but I, I like this. I really like this. So I think Kiss isn't like that exhausted that like he thinks this is a bad idea. You have enough energy that you're going to roll some checks, but you can fly. You jump off of the ledge and take flight. And I think you very quickly get far enough away from the ledge where you're no longer paying any attention to what's going on behind you. And Syndra and Burnin and Douglas, you all hear, Kiss, no, you're still wounded. But I'm like already in the sky, right? You're already in the sky and you're you're flying away. Are you going in any particular direction, cardinal directions? The sun is setting to the west. Where was Anne's tent or umbrella, I mean, located in like what corner? Yeah, like on the west ledge facing west. But they're like, they're moving around a lot and positioning themselves in a way in which they can like get a good vantage point all around the base. Like they're heading to both north and south corners too. Yeah, well, I just fly west. Um, so we have some light. We can see what's happening. Sure. Not directly into the sun, like Kiss learned in his flying lessons that you shouldn't fly directly into the sun because it can burn your retinas and it's just dangerous. He knows better. So he flies a little off kilter, not quite northwest, but like in between. That's the Icarus lesson. Yeah, you're going to melt into wax. <laughs> My uncle Icarus. <laughs> For this approach, how close do you get to the border of where these creatures are? Or are you just straight up blowing past them? I'm going past them to see if they try to make an effort to turn around and get me. Okay, I'm going to say roll an athletics check, just straight up and down, no advantage, no disadvantage. I'm also going to say take a point of inspiration. You can't use it for this roll, but you can use it for the next roll. That's a 17. Yeah, so you're getting tired and you're maybe starting to realize this wasn't the best idea, but you're okay. You continue flying. You maybe sink down a little bit, a couple feet in the air, and then you like make up for that by flapping your wings a little bit faster and harder and you are looking down at these creatures and they do seem to sort of like shift up and notice you but you can see that their legs are still moving at this steady pace towards the base none of them turn around and try and like head in your direction you don't sway their movement at all but you can tell that they are like quote unquote looking at you they're facing you and it's kind of eerie actually like they move in this rippled like unison as you pass over them Every every single one in that concentric circle is looking up at you and then glancing back down and continuing to tread towards the base. Okay, I land on a nearby dune, so I get like a little bit of a vantage point to see them, not like super close to the front line of monsters. Okay, so let me ask, are you flying back towards the base or are you going farther? I'm trying to fly over them, get a little bit of distance between me and them and like land on a dune, so I'm like up a little bit. So you do fly over several dunes and you continue looking down at these things and like wondering what's going on and trying to get them to follow you. Maybe you like shout some stuff. Well, yeah, when I land on the dune, Kiss turns around and spanks his butt and like, over here, cock boys. Oh my God. I thought you said cock boys. No, Ooh. oh no. I was like, maybe what? I should edit that out. Wait, let me try something out. Okay, Kiss. <laughs> Kiss lands on the dune and spanks his butt and says, over here, gear boys. There you go. They do not move. Kiss, the sun is setting behind you further west, you know, on the horizon. And it's taken quite a while to set because... Space doesn't quite work the same here. Right. And I think that you notice that none of the creatures are paying you any mind. In fact, there are ones like on the dune a a good ways off, maybe like a half mile or a quarter mile off that are not turning towards you. Like there are ones fairly close to you that are not paying you any mind. And you turn around and scan the horizon. And these things are as far as the eye can see. Oh, shit. Burning and Syndra. Kiss is now not visible as the sun is setting. It's kind of like, you know, it's backlit. So like the sun is in your eyes and it's very hard to see. I think that Anne says like, I'll try and keep a visual on Kiss, but no promises as they're between firing off shots. 
And you start to feel a rumble of the building below you. Uh, and I think that Odlin is like, hey, do y'all feel that? Yeah. Should we, like, what, what, what should we do? Hey, Anne. Anne. Freya is quite concerned, flies up into the air, trying to, like, not be on the building. Freya does not like this shaking, and she's sort of like, ah, ah. Well, she's smart, but she has wings. I go down on all fours so that I'm more stable. Cinder the polar bear, like, shaking and sort of, like, wavering as the building shakes beneath you unevenly. And this quickly turns from a vibration to an outright shake. The floor opens up directly below Udlin, and they say, Shit! <laughs> And disappear. And we hear Todd. As Todd sort of like flies from nowhere down into this hole. But is quickly met with a wall. And you can see this oblong mass rise up out of the floor. And you can see it sort of take shape. This big hulking figure in front of you has sealed up the hole. As glass spires of all sizes extend out from its sides and its front. And we're going to keep the same initiative we had before. I think that Anne is like, guys, what is happening back there? Uh-uh. But they are hyper focused. And Brennan, you look down and you see like 15 cans of that energy serum just like crumpled <laughs> beside them. <laughs> Anne, you're going to give yourself palpitations. Yeah. Already got them. <laughs> Those started on can three. First in the order is the creature. 19 versus AC, Brennan and Syndra. That'll, that'll do it. That'll hit me. Surprisingly, yes. You see it sort of brace and shake in this eerie fashion. A few of the spires actually sort of launch out of this thing towards you in this wave. And you're hit dealing six points of damage to each of you. These like glass spikes that impale you. Mm. They're pretty thin spikes, but it does not feel good. Brennan is always getting impaled by things. And I don't even mean that in a <laughs> nasty way. Like he's always getting... Not the things he wants. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Next in the order is Burnin. Yeah, Burnin lets out a... Because uh, he's only got four hit points left for the record. And how close am I to this thing? I would say it's 20 feet across. Like, it's a 20 feet diameter. And it is maybe 30 feet high at this point. So it doesn't, like, take up the entire roof. It's not like the entire roof is this monster now. But it's comprised itself of pieces of the roof, basically. And it is attached to the building, and it's maybe 30 feet back. I think that Udlin was just sort of casually wandering back away from the ledge when they were basically swallowed up. I am going to shoot at it with the shotgun. Okay. 24. You blast it with this shotgun as this, like, again, pretty big magical bolt shoots out of your rifle. It manages to knock down, like, two-thirds of the spires that are growing off of it at this point. So, like, it is a bit less lethal. And you can see that they do continue to grow, but, like, it's taken some damage from this. It starts to crack. And I think that it, again, it shivers and shakes, and you can hear this glass metal churning sound inside of it. Next in the order is Kiss. Do I see this? (laughs) You are on this dune and you're looking back at the horizon and you turn and you see kind of oblong objects sticking up off of the roof of the base. Kiss goes, shit, there's something I wanted to try before I take off and fly to the roof again. I'm going to get close to one of the ones on the dune and see if they react to me at all. I'm going to get behind it and like poke it in the butt with the with Javi. Not attack, just a little poke. You kind of take off as quietly as you can. You land closely behind one of these creatures who is not paying you much mind. I think that it like rotates a little bit and and it can sense that something is behind it. And you stick your javelin out 
roll a dex save. That's not good. A seven. You poke it with your javelin. It immediately retaliates by poking you. (laughs) A spire sticks out from central mass, stabs into you, and hoists you up into the air at like a 30 degree angle as you're impaled on this thing, and it continues to walk towards the base. (laughs) How much damage is that? How much health do you have left? How much damage does it do? You tell me. (laughs) I have 17 points of health left. Okay, it's going to deal six points of damage. Thanks for the lift. Can I get off this impalement and try and fly with the rest of my movement? Yeah, I think (laughs) roll some kind of like strength contest as you try and hoist yourself up off of this cylinder. Kiss is going to go all shown in anime like, I have to protect my friends. And he goes into rage mode. So I get advantage on strength checks. So I don't have to get disadvantage anymore. That was crit one. You have inspiration. Yep. (laughs) I got to fight my I got to fight for my friends. Nat 20. Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Kiss, I think we see this gorgeous moment from the ground level looking up at you as this creature waddles, continuing to sort of sway towards the base. It's a little bit off kilter. It's a little bit like kind of back heavy. It leans back a little bit and then leans forward and you're bobbing up and down on the ground as you wrap your wings around this spire and you hoist yourself off of it. As it leaves your chest. Kiss pulls himself off of the pole, but then he stands on top of it and he does a little hop and uses the spring force to launch himself and go a little bit faster. Hell yes! <laughs> you like seesaw this thing down as it leans backwards and then it very forcefully leans itself forward. You can see its legs actually like shifting kind of mechanically, finding this equilibrium and it launches you at, you know, the, the force of the torque of the the tip of this giant beam flying through the air and it launches you forward. I think now your athletics check from flying is going to be with advantage. Okay, 21. And you start flying back towards the base. Syndra, your turn. The creature is surrounded by spikes, but Burnin just took out two thirds of them. Yeah, there's like spires sticking out from the entirety of its body, basically, and it's shooting these spikes at you. Burnin took out like a bunch of them, like two thirds of them. So it's kind of clean shaven on two thirds of its massive hulking body. Syndra gets ready to shoot his gun. Sure. 18 plus dex. Yeah, it's still 18. Never mind. You hit. Where are you aiming? The bald spot. Sure. So you blast this thing in the mass of its body where the spires have been destroyed by Burnin, And you can see it's like starting to crack a little bit. It's not looking as good. It's starting to sort of become rubble in its body there. And Freya is going to fly down and sort of screech and fire off three blasts at where its spires are growing from. Hell yeah. Basically clearing off the rest of the spires from this thing. But you can see like new ones are starting to grow every second that passes by. Next in the order is the creature. This thing sort of like leans its body down towards you, extending forward. What catches you off guard is that its back is covered in these splinters. I think that they're all sort of going to like point together, forming this cone of spires. And it flexes its back. And this cone shoots off into the air as this massive spike. And Syndra, it's headed right for you. Okay. And you hear as Udlin knocks you out of the way and is going to take the damage for you. 
well, that's not necessary. Dang, they knock a polar bear out of the way? Yeah. Yeah, okay, first of all. Explain that. Polar bears are fucking huge. I don't think you understand, because Becca told me, how much do they weigh, Becca? They're a thousand pounds. Like a thousand pounds and nine feet tall. Yeah. Okay, I can explain it. Becca, you're still up on your back legs from hoisting this gun up in your hands. It's pretty easy to just kind of knock you off center and send you staggering, and you, you do that. And another half second passes before Udlin is smashed by this giant spike that just like basically leaves a crater in the ground. Like you don't even see Udlin. You can just see this spike of glass is embedded in the ground now. Next in the order is Burnin. Can I do something about the Udlin situation? You can try. Yeah, you could run up to the crater. Yeah, I guess I'm going to do that. Yeah, so you run up to the crater. Are you trying to see if you see Udlin in there? First step, yes. See if I see Udlin. You kneel down and sort of like peek your head underneath like where the glass is sort of starting to crack and like fall apart, this giant spike. And you can see Todd, who is completely impaled all the way through. I mean, there's just like a a hole through Todd's body. Todd is dead. I think Vernon probably gags, but I'm not going to make him make that noise because I don't want to make anybody feel gross. <laughs> but that sight is very disgusting to him. The audience appreciates this. And then you see a dragonborn hand extend out. Their claws actually like grasp the stone ground beneath you and start to sort of try and pull themselves out from this crater. Is it too deep for me to reach a hand down? No, it's not. I mean, this is in the ceiling of the lab, so it's just like a dent in the floor, right? It's not like it's not like a crater crater. It's just like a dent. I'm going to reach a hand out then and try to help. At this point, I think that Anne is simultaneously blasting these creatures with the rifle, but is also turning to look periodically and shooting at the giant mass with the pistol that they're holding in their tail. <laughs> they have excellent aim. You, you, you now understand that it wasn't just a flaw in my writing that they shot that hatch that you came out of from the other side of the roof, that they would be able to hit that. Like they, they're a bullseye. They're a total expert with these weapons. And Burnin, you reach down and I'd say roll a strength contest. With disadvantage? Yes, but I'll say take inspiration for your next roll because you're you're doing something to help an NPC that I care about. I got a three. So I fall in the hole with Udlin. <laughs> yeah, I think that you re- you reach down and grab their hand with both of your hands and you're like leaning backwards trying to hoist them out of this hole. And then the glass spike shifts more and just like crumples down upon them, burying their arm. Kiss. I'm a flapping. <laughs> you're a flapping and you can see this creature launching spikes and doing all this stuff. And you arrive at the edge of the base and you're here. Yay, Kiss. Kiss lands on the edge of the roof and says, never fear. <coughs> and he coughs up some blood. <laughs> oh, we're all in a state right now, aren't we? <laughs> so this thing's got like a big spike that's coming out of its back that's got Udlin stuck right now? No. So the spike actually like launched out of its back like a projectile and landed in the ground. So its back is bare now, but it's growing spires out of the front as every second passes. So like it's quickly getting a little spiky on the front. Uh, what about its what about its top? How's it looking up there? It's got a bald top. It's just like a smooth kind of vaguely head-shaped mass again with these like clockwork stuff going on inside of it. And you this is strange. You can actually like see through the stone that the building is made of that it's formed itself out of. Like you can see the clockwork inside of it somehow, even though this is obviously solid stone and glass. Right? It's like translucent now. Yeah, essentially, but it's thick enough that you can't see through the other side, but like you can see the machinery working inside of it. Kiss notes this and says, I feel like this might be significant in some kind of way, but 
I have no idea why. And he flies to the top of its head or tries to. Sure. Yeah. I think you're able to fly up there. What do you do once you're out? Like, are you landing? Yeah. On top of its head. Okay. I'm going to shoot both my guns into its head. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Roll attacks. I feel like I shouldn't miss, but you know what? Oh, well, one's a eight. 16. Yeah, so again, I think the creature wobbles as you land on its head and you fire off a blast like back behind it that actually like knocks one of these small spires off of its back that's growing. And the other one you're able to sort of point blank shoot down into its head. You blast down into its head and you can hear that machinery working much more clearly now. And it's almost like deafening. It's this horrible noise, this this screeching as it wobbles back and forth. And you you very clearly have like, hollowed out its head there's just like a tunnel where the blast has carved out inside of it and the edges of the top of its head are starting to sort of crumble a little bit next in the order is syndra i have to do what syndra would do it's so hard because i'm playing a game and i want to play the game well and not be a human but syndra needs to be a human and so he unwild shapes and he uses both of his guns with both of his hands and if it's possible i'd really like to fire off a chill touch too with like a spectral finger gun. God. Three guns. <sighs> Try gun. Yeah, I'll say go for it. First one is a 10. That one's a 19. And my chill touch was a crit 20. Dang. Hell yeah. Of course it is. You fire off your mechanical guns and one of these blasts misses it as this creature sways, sort of trying to shake Kiss off from the top of it. The other one lands sort of dead center in its body, causing more of these cracks to form and more rubble to fall off of it. And then, Syndra, you point your finger and start to blast a chill touch. This skeletal hand appears in front of your pointing finger. You actually see another one appear and envelope it as we, the listener, we, the the audience, see shrouded in darkness and compressed under rubble, a dragonborn hand forming a finger gun. How dare you? And Becca roll double damage. Okay, six... And five, so 11. So you blast this thing with your chill touch. The beam streaks across its body, causing this like crack to form from like the bottom right up to the top left. And I think that Freya's gonna fly down again and screech and blast it. I think this time flying from behind it overhead and shooting down at like its shoulders, dealing quite a lot of damage. Freya's good at this. Yeah, more of these chunks of rubble are starting to fall off. You hear Freya overhead, <laughs> and next in the order is the creature. So, Kiss, it is going to try and shake you off. Let's see it try. Roll a strength contest. Good thing I got advantage on strength with my rage. I'm an angry bird. That's copyright. <laughs> angry. Oh, shit. You're right. <laughs> Fuck. It doesn't help that I'm red, right? You're a grouchy avian creature. <laughs> <laughs> grouchy avian creature. 14. You're able to hang on as Syndra blasts this thing and as Freya flies overhead blasting this thing. I imagine your hands are just like wrapped around the inside of this like hole you've carved into its head. Yeah. Just wrapped around the edge as your feet are sort of being swung around. You are actually flung back over towards your team and you land on the ground taking... How much health do you have? 11. Taking two points of bludgeoning damage. Because, ow, my butt. (laughs) Yeah, as you land with a thud. Next in the order is Burnin. I'm still trying to get Udlin out, right? Here's what I'll tell you happens. You are like pretty worried now because your friend is crushed and there's a lot of commotion going on. Anne is continuing to blast this creature. Douglas is kind of sitting over in the back south corner. 
digging through their bag. Okay. You hear, and a very injured lizard slowly crawls out from this pile of rubble and then just goes belly up. No! No! Not again. Uh, I'm going to do cure wounds. I'm going to pick up the tiny little lizard in my hand. You're going to cradle in its hand and say a stupid sentence in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. He's holding little tiny lizard Udlin in his hands, terrified, and he says, Todd erases a red dot. Todd erases. Todd erases. <laughs> to do with Todd. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in the fucking animal ethereal realm, we see Todd the familiar spirit just like swipe this red dot floating in the air <laughs> with, with his finger That's... and sort of goes, and Bernan, you heal Udlin. They are unconscious still, but they are stable. It's still in lizard form? You heal Udlin, and then as soon as you've healed them and they're stable, they shift back into dragonborn form and just like their weight falls upon you. And now like you have to like carry them now, basically. Oh, no. Uh, we might just stay down here together. <laughs> <laughs> because Udlin was in my hands, right? So like Bernan is kind of latitudinally pinned underneath Udlin. And I think that he's just so exhausted that he just kind of sits there for a minute. And because of the way that battle time works, it will wait till my next turn before he's gathered his strength. But he's kind of just lying there on his back, like looking up at the sky like. (laughs) Next in the order is Kiss. I want to go back to that head hole I made. Yeah. I was looking at the gears and it's like body. Are they like rotating and like I know it's like a mess, but like are they rotating and spinning and like working? Oh, yeah. All the gears and pistons and actuators are actively moving and shifting and changing. Like, it's controlling, like, the ability of this thing to move. Excellent. I go to the head hole. Okay, you fly up, roll a deck save. And 11? Its whole body starts to rotate, and you see that a large cylindrical spire has grown sticking out of its back, like a pole, and it's going to swipe at you and kiss. I think it knocks into you. It doesn't quite knock you down, but you hit this thing. It just sort of flies, you know, swings out of nowhere as you're flying through the air, and it's going to deal three points of damage to you as, like, its whole body rotates, right? So now its back is facing the crowd. Did I make it to the head hole? Yes, you did. So I'm going to take my jar of popcorn and dump it in and try to gum up the works of these gears and stuff. Oh, no. Eat up, bitch. (laughs) If you will let me, I want to throw another hand axe in as a, um, you know what, let's make that an improvised weapon. I throw in the jar of popcorn and I throw in my <laughs> other hand axe that I didn't bust and leave downstairs. Yeah, so you like dump the kernels in and you see them start to like get crushed and like fall and sort of spiral into this thing as you hear pops from inside of it loud, like hundreds and thousands of gunshots going off inside of this thing. And it sort of shakes and shivers. And then you drop your hand axe in. It hits the inside of this thing with like a clank, like a chunk. It is stuck and you can see gears inside of it sort of jamming as it retches back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then your hand axe is swallowed by the inside of this creature. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'd get off the monster's head maybe. Yeah, you can leap down and sort of land it at its base. Great. Next in the order is Syndra. So how does this thing look? Pretty bad. I mean, it's like retching back and forth. It is crumbling. Basically has this giant telephone pole sticking off of its front that it's swinging around. Um, But you're now looking at its back. But it's like a good bit smaller than it was, at least mass wise. It's still the same dimensions, but like it looks like it's crumbling. But there are also many, many more out in the desert. Yes. But hopefully we don't have to deal with those. 
Um, As Kiss lands at this thing's feet, it's going to swipe down. I promise this isn't just like taking a free initiative shot. Like this is meaningful. Vernon, I think you're out of the way and safe kind of under Udlin. It's going to swipe the ground where you're standing with this telephone pole, just basically completely clearing the area. And you're able to dodge it, both Kiss and Syndra, because it's moving fairly slowly and sort of scraping against the, the floor. And it destroys all of the artifacts, all of these pedestals that were still remaining. Some of them had already been destroyed. It shatters all of the pedestals that are in front of it. And Syndra, you see amongst the wreckage... This replica brick. (laughs) (laughs) Is now the time. Temptation. Yeah, I said I'm going to help with your turn. I'm actually going to make your turn more difficult. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. And Syndra, you catch a glimpse of Douglas in the back corner, and you can see that they have like an array of objects laid out in front of them. Mm -hmm. And they are down on their knee. (laughs) Syndra notices the brick, and something deep inside him says, that's important. And so he takes off running towards the brick, and he dramatically baseball slides over to where it has landed. Sexy. (laughs) And he grabs his paper mache crafted brick out of his bag, slams it on the floor, and picks up the artifact. I like how he still needs to switch them out. It's necessary. You leave a brick and you take a brick. Leave a brick, take a brick. Oh, right, right, right. I'm sorry. I've I've undermined the entire operation. (laughs) And he holds it up in victory. He's done it. In the time it takes you to get there and pick up this brick, you all see something fairly daunting. This tube that Kiss had created inside of this creature, this hollowed out mess, you can see the pops and the popcorn sort of rippling throughout its entire body, throughout the spires. And you can see like some of the spires are exploding as popcorn like gets inside of them and sort of jams up. But you can see that the hollow tube is closing and its head is starting to close itself And it's getting bulkier. Oh, no. It's continuing to grow and spires are continuing to grow off of it. And Syndra, you make your way to this brick and you hold it up. And then something happens. The sky that at this point is pretty dim. I'd say the sun is like three quarters of the way set beyond the horizon at this point. Maybe more. It's it's dusk now, basically. The sky is blue and dark. You see it light up behind the creature. And I think that this gives everyone pause. You all turn and look at this glow in the sky, including Anne, who literally stops like mid-aim, one of these creatures, to turn around and see what the light is. And you all are bewildered as you see a city in the sky. Everything pauses and it's it's silent. Sindra, you see Douglas looking up at this thing and you hear... control (laughs) what is happening the sky has parted and this city fades into view this massive stone city and your eyes sort of contextualize this a bit and you get a sense for how distant it is based on sort of the atmospheric like filtering and it is extremely far away but it is huge you can make out individual buildings you can make out staircases it is massive it is a city for Giants at least, and gods at best. And then you see something streak from behind this city that quickly turns translucent again through the sky, heading towards you. A meteorite of some sort. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, good. Syndra, Burnin, Kiss, you hear... (laughs) As Freya flies up from behind the creature, shooting down at it with her gun. Oh, my God. 
and the projectile hits Freya. <gasps> no. And there's an explosion, a huge blue magic explosion from the gun that she was holding. And the projectile smashes through the creature, leaving this giant hole throughout its body. And it lands in the sand, skipping past the west edge of this base. And the creature slumps over. But where's Freya? Hello, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Magic Folk. We hope you enjoyed, and if you did, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Magic Folk Pod, or you can visit our website at magicfolkpod.com. If you'd like to support the show, the number one thing you can do right now is rating and reviewing us on iTunes, or just simply telling your friends who you think might enjoy it. Magic Folk is created by Corinne Beck, Becca Bowen, Kyle Bruning, and Victoria Watkins, and is based on characters and world, also by Victoria Watkins. See you next time. <laughs>